Everybody be cool. You be cool. Good morning, Vietnam! Sorry, I've always really wanted to do that. Um, unfortunately, I'm not in Vietnam, I'm in Peterborough. It's not the morning, uh, it is the evening, and I'm not the late, great Robin Williams. I am uh, Richard S., and you're listening to the film and TV show here on Herod Radio, so thank you for joining me. Uh, today, we will be doing our maiden voyage, as it were, um, our first full-hour show today. So hopefully, you'll be able to listen for the entire show and you will uh, enjoy what we've got to go through. So today I will be doing reviews of The Fate of the Furious, or for everybody else, Fast and Furious 8, and The Power Rangers. Uh, I'll be going through the top shows, uh, top films, sorry, that uh, are then my go-to films, the ones where I get a spare bit of time and I think, oh, do you know what? I could do with watching something, so these are the films that I, that I go to. I'll also be going through uh, some top TV shows that you'll need to get hooked on, and they are very, very good shows. Um, we'll also be going through um, the name of the film. So I've got a little, it's a little quiz. It's a three-word three um, quote from a film that hopefully uh, you'll join on the website, uh, the uh, Facebook page as well. And I'll be going through a hidden gem of a film that I think you should really get your head around and really listen to as well uh, and watch because it's a fantastic, fantastic film. But first of all, I'm going to leave you with this. Come on now, be honest, you actually kind of got a little twinge when that come on, didn't you? I absolutely love that. So have a guess on what film we're going to be talking about first. That's right, The Fate of the Furious. No, only joking. No, Power Rangers. Uh, if like me, you, when you was a kid, you absolutely loved the Power Rangers. The uh, TV show was probably the, it was better than the film. Um, but I absolutely loved the original Mighty Morphin Power Ranger film with Ivan Ooze. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. And I thought that... Rita Repulsa was the, the typical cheesy 90s uh, villain and they didn't really have didn't really know what else to do with her to be perfectly honest uh, they had Goldar they had her and it's kind of like oh, well, what else we can do I don't know let's bring a 6,000 year old 
ooze guy who can start taking over people's minds. But the new film uh, has been kind of updated to to meet real life, I suppose, than what we've got today. Um, there are spoilers ahead for these, so I will say that if you don't want to you know, hear what's going on in the films, you don't want to hear any plot points or anything like that, you're probably best to kind of turn it down a little bit and um, filter me out just for the next five, ten minutes if you don't want me to ruin the films completely for you. Uh, but I, I will be doing that. So those of you who want to listen, then please do. Um, so Power Rangers, um, you've got... It starts off really, really well. It's a really... I, I think it's a great film. The remake is absolutely absolutely fantastic. It's uh, It does justice to how films have been over the last, I don't know, 10 years or so. It definitely brings... It brings the cheese. Definitely brings the cheese. But it does bring the characters more up to date as well. So you've got... Billy the Blue Ranger, who is autistic, uh, and he kind of starts as the the focal point of the team with uh, the guy that plays Jason, the Red Ranger. You've then got um, Trini, who is the Yellow Ranger. She's actually played by uh, a lady called Becky G, but the character that she portrays is actually a lesbian. The Red Ranger is the atypical jock. He's the star quarterback. He basically does some stupid stuff and then gets stuck in detention. Think... Breakfast Club, but for Power Rangers. Um, you've then got Zach, who is the Black Ranger. He is a carer for his elderly mum, who's... She's supposed to be quite sick, but actually in the film, she's not... Doesn't actually look that sick, to be honest. But, you know, she, she's in, she's bedridden, but he's he's a carer, which I think is, is very good to touch on in this day and age when there are a lot of young carers out there. So I think they've done quite well in, in bringing that in. And then you've got the Pink Ranger, Kimberly, who was always my favourite. Amy Jo Johnson was always my favourite in the originals, along with um, Jason David Frank, who played the Green Ranger. There is no Green Ranger in this film, I might add, not until the very, very end credits. Massive spoiler there, sorry. Uh, he's not actually in it, but they call him by name. So the Pink Ranger is... the she, She's an ex-popular girl. She's not your atypical blonde, you know, Buffy-type person. She is an ex-popular girl who who did something pretty nasty to to a boyfriend of one of her, her friends. And it's kind of went a little bit haywire, and so she's kind of an outcast now. They, um, yeah, it, so that, that's kind of the Rangers. The Alpha 5 is played brilliantly by Bill Hadder. Uh, he is absolutely amazing. The voice is just spot on for the actual robot that's portrayed on, on screen. So I absolutely loved, loved, loved that. Um, you've got Brian Cranston who plays Zordon. The best opening to a film I've seen in ages. It actually shows the uh, the the original Power Rangers, not the ones from the TV show, but going back millennia, fighting um, Rita, who is played excellently by Elizabeth Banks. I have to say she's absolutely amazing. But I'll get to that in a minute. Um, and it shows how they are all. She's basically killed all of them except for Zordon, who is the original Red Ranger. And he takes all of the um, the power stones and he puts them in the ground and he asks Alpha 5 to basically kill him, as it were. What Alpha does is he sends a meteor to, to crush them, sending him to his impending doom and sending Rita uh, 20,000 leagues under the sea. What happens then is he then gets sucked into the main ship by Alpha to kind of save him so that he can use the new rangers, when they're about to morph, use the power from morphing into their suits to actually come back. Um, unfortunately, several things happen, which he then grows a conscience and says, you know what, actually, I'm not going to do this. I'm, I'm going gonna, 
I'm going to save Billy. Rita, unfortunately, she kills Billy um, for about 10 minutes, which is really harsh, and that's a massive spoiler. So I, I don't apologise because I did warn you at the beginning. Um, and basically, Zordon gives up his chance to come back and lead the Rangers to bring Billy back. Uh, and then after that, they, they finally morph it. Take, it's a very, very slow film. It takes a little bit of time to get into it. But if you are a fan of the originals, then you will, you will appreciate that they are trying to, to be different from the original, different enough so that there's a franchise in it because everything now is about a franchise. And it, there's some longevity in, in the franchise, to be honest. Um, Rita comes back from the dead. She's pulled up from a fishing boat by um, Jason, not Jason, sorry, yeah, from his uh, his stepdad or his dad, who is a bit bit narcissist and he's a bit of a bully, really. He, he pulls he, his trawler pulls up Rita and she comes to life. She then starts eating every bit of gold that she can physically find, people's teeth, their necklaces, whatever she can get, so she can bring back Goldar to basically look for the the life crystals. So, uh, to which turns out to be underneath a Krispy Kreme, which and there's a couple of really really good gags around Krispy Kreme. Uh, for that as well, which is what I thought was actually really clever. Um, you've then got the um, the main fight scene at the end. The the Rangers have struggled to to get the Zords. They've struggled to to morph. Once they finally do, inevitably they kick Rita's backside. Uh, they win. Goldar is amazing. Great on. You know, it, it's it's brilliant to see a classic villain brought back to life. Uh, as I said, Elizabeth Banks was amazing as Rita and she was perfectly cast I in, in my per, in my honest opinion I think she was perfectly cast to be to be Rita she was she was evil and she was evil she even looked evil as well she did kind of hint towards the the green ranger she did hint several times that she was a previous ranger and she was a ranger with Zordon's team and Zordon alludes to this as well in a few instances and in a few exchanges with Jason which is uh, it it gives a little bit more substance to the overall arch of the film, which I thought was really, really good. But ultimately, she gets her ass handed to her uh, and she ends up in space freezing. The Power Rangers make their Megazord. Uh, they defeat Goldar. They defeat her. Then they kind of go back to their, their usual day-to-day lives. And then right at the very, very end, after the credits, taken a hand from Marvel films, there's a little spoiler where the teacher is calling out for Tommy Oliver and he calls out several times and then it focuses on a, an empty desk, an empty chair with a green jacket draped over the back, which is brilliant and sets up perfectly for a sequel, which I genuinely hope comes along. I really, really do. I hope it comes along. But again, it depends on how well it's done. Some people will say, oh, well, you know, it's not as good as the original. And it's probably one of the only remakes I've seen of recent times is actually any good. It's better than the Ghostbusters remake. It's it's better than the Total Recall remake. Um, and it's better than the Judge Dredd remake. But the last two were actually very, very good remakes. I really enjoyed those both. But this kind of brings everything, you know, with the, with the Rangers, how they are, how you know, the different aspects and different characters that they are, it actually makes it a lot better for me um as as a viewer considering i have quite a, a good knowledge of the power rangers and grew up li- you know watching them so so yeah overall i think it's a it's a really really good film when it comes out on dvd absolutely go and what absolutely buy it watch it rent it from 
Amazon, Sky Store or whatever, it's definitely, definitely worth a watch if you used to like the Power Rangers because it will bring back that nostalgia feeling. It'll give you a little bit of a nostalgia feeling and much like the theme tune did, I hope, kind of stir something inside you from your from your younger self and think, oh, do you know what? I miss that. I miss listening to that. So, so there you go. Cracking film. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, moving on to the fate of the Furious, Fast and the Furious 8. Again, an absolutely brilliant film. Fantastic film. I, I really, really loved it. it. I would class it as probably the second best in the franchise after the original. The original cannot be beat. It's one of those films that it really draws you in and it is the it kind of has all the characters. It obviously has the late uh, Paul Walker, unfortunately, he passed away. But this film definitely is a very, very good second film with this number seven coming third. In, in it, That's in my opinion. Obviously, everyone's got their own favourites. If they even like Fast and Furious, you might not even like it. This film really goes back to how it was in the beginning. There's less kind of action and less, you know, lovey-dovey stuff. It's pretty hardcore. The trailer is actually, I think, quite misleading um, in what, what it's portraying, which is good because it kind of gives you, you go in with a certain feeling of what the film is going to be. You know, oh, Dom's gone rogue. What's he, you know, why is he doing it? There's got to be a reason for it. There absolutely is a reason for it, which I will get to in a moment. But the... The whole the whole film itself is very well produced. It's amazingly cast. There are some excellent action sequences in there, and there are some brilliant, brilliant one-liners that don't actually come from The Rock or Vin Diesel. They come from Jason Statham, which is completely off the chart because his character in the previous film, um, Deckard Shaw, was a real mean piece of work, and he was he was ruthless. But in this film, he's he's kind of the the comedy person, he has a, a lot of one-liners, more towards the end of the film, but they are very, very, very well worth just listening to, just to hear him coming up with some one-liners. It's, it, it is really, really good. Uh, so, so yeah, so the film reminds me of the uh, of Die Hard 4.0, if you've ever seen it, where it's all about the internet, it's all about communication, it's all about controlling things. Uh, it leads... All, all roads from all the previous Fast and Furious films have led to this one elusive entity called Cypher, which a lot of people think is kind of an organisation. It's not. It's one person. It is just one woman who has got an absolute god complex. She just wants to rule everything. Uh, so when they have fought um, the guys that killed Letty, you've got uh, Deckard Shaw, Owen Shaw... You know, Han losing his life, etc., etc. That is all because the guys from you know Vin's team—they have literally, well, Dom's team, should I say—they have literally kind of put a spanner on all of her works on trying to get what she wants to get, and she's pretty much had enough now. She's had enough of the meddling. She's had enough of them getting in her way. So she blackmails Dom. Now this bit coming up is a massive, massive spoiler if you haven't seen the film. So if you haven't, just turn it down for the next ten seconds, uh, and then you can turn it back up. So basically, she's kidnapped Vin's ex-girlfriend, Elena, who worked with Hobbs, who he met in Brazil, and their child, who he doesn't know that he has. He has a little boy that um, with Elena, which he didn't know about, and she springs out on him and basically uses that as leverage. And if he doesn't do what she wants to do, she will basically kill both. So there you go. Um, so that's kind of the, the overall thing for him. 
but the main protagonist is is her ability to really rile the team up via Dom, uh, which is it is predictable in places, but it is so great to to watch. It really is an amazing spectacle to watch. Some of the, as I said, some of the action sequences are absolutely amazing. Uh, and they are probably the best sequences you'll see from any of the any of the films so far. You've got the submarine bit, which you see in the trailer. You've got a couple of bits where they are just kind of going, you know, hand-to-hand and one-on-one. The Jason Statham bit at the end of the aeroplane is absolutely phenomenal. He can he really shows off his full repertoire of kung fu moves and everything going through that. So it's definitely, definitely worth uh, just just watching just for that. I mean, it's it's absolutely amazing. But Dom basically, he's not happy. He's obviously not happy that he's being stitched up by this woman and he he has his own agenda. He does whatever she wants. He does her bidding, but he secretly goes behind her her back and goes to Deckard Shaw's mum, basically begging for help. So she gets word out to, uh, to Deckard. Um, and I must say the mum is played by Helen Mirren and her, she overdoes her English accent so well. It is, it, when you when you actually see her do it, it's so funny. It really is. And you think of Dame Helen Mirren and you think, oh, you know, very posh, very la-di-da, very Downton Abbey. She literally comes across common as muck and is absolutely a joy to watch. She doesn't get much airtime. She doesn't get many lines, but they are delivered with such punch and in such a, a common accent. It's It's amazing just to, just to listen to. So, so yeah, so as you see in the trailer, you know, they get put together, um, Hobbs and, and Decker, they get put together by, um, by the, you know, by the spooks. And then the team aren't obviously happy about it because he killed Han, they put him away, but they're basically told, like it or lump it. And then they go after Dom. Uh, he's gone behind, obviously, uh, Charlize Theron's character, Cypher, and she's actually very, very well cast in that, I must say. She's very, very good. Uh, it harks back to the time when she was in uh, the Italian job. Very, very good. Uh, I thought that, that she plays it really, really well. So he's kind of trying to to cover all the bases, as he does in the usual films. But you don't really see much of that right until the very, very end. He kills Deckard Shaw, or so everybody believes. He literally pulls a gun out, shoots him four times in the chest. Deckard Shaw hits the deck. Job done. Everyone thinks he's dead. Ambulance crew comes along, picks him up. It's actually the two guys from one of the ends of the other film, the uh, two, I think they're Brazilian or the South American, the two that always argue. And in one of the films, you see them in Monaco spending a shed load of cash that they got from the bank job that they did. And then inside the ambulance is Deckard Shaw's mum. She basically forces him to go and get his brother out of prison, which Hobbs dutifully does, uh, gets Owen Shaw out of prison. And you only see Owen Shaw right towards the very end when they're both get onto Cypher's aeroplane, which stays around the radar. And they, they go through that as well. So you can kind of you know hear that as well. And uh, and yeah, and then right at the very, very end, she gets away, which is, is nice. It's nice that she doesn't get killed because, you know, it kind of ends it there. But it leaves it open for her to come back as another protagonist in the future film. And they've already said that they're going to do at least another four plus a Hobbs trail off one as well. So we'll see where that goes. But, I I really really enjoyed it. Uh, if you have seen it, I hope you enjoyed it as well. It's definitely a film I would watch again when it comes out on DVD, and I would definitely 
you know, definitely advocate that you watch it if you haven't already seen it. And I'm sorry that I've ruined it if you haven't already seen it. Again, I did give you warning, but um, yeah, it is an absolutely fantastic, fantastic film. Both both films are Power Rangers and um, and and Fate of the Furious. So on that note, I am going to play uh, two songs that from the from the uh, Fast and Furious franchise that I do really really like, and I do hope that. Um, that you'll also like them as well. If you live for something, you're not alone, my friend. So fill up your cup and lift your lighter, a toast to life. Luke, they say what don't kill me can make me stronger. So two drinks a night should help me live longer. I blow some smoke just to give my lungs a test. Cause why tiptoe through life to arrive safely at death? I'm on a journey, yeah, I'm on a road. Sometimes gotta close my eyes just to open my soul. And tonight is the night I got a feeling that I'm about to act a fool. So if you go fix some drinks, me and Ursa are about to break some rules. Crazy, 
But I like to roll the dice So I'm willing to bet that I'ma be crazy for the rest of my life You're listening to the Film and TV Show with Richard S. Community Radio. Thank you very much. So welcome back. I uh, hope you enjoyed those two songs. They were two of my favourite songs from the franchise. So uh, yeah, so I hope you did really enjoy them. 
Next up on our agenda is the well, they're my go-to films. So, you know, everyone has the films. As I said at the top of the show, everyone has films that they go to that you th- when you have a bit of spare time, you think, oh, do you know what? I don't know what I'm in the mood for, but if I bang this song, I know I'll end up sitting and watching it, and I'll and I'll get into it, and I'll start enjoying it again. And that's that's the whole point. So on our Facebook page, if you want to just drop in on a on a post, what your favourite go-to films are, as I'm going through mine, we can have a look if there's anybody that have actually put on there, then uh, we can we can just give those a shout out as well. So the first one of mine that I always go to is Rock of Ages. If you've never seen Rock of Ages, you are absolutely missing out. Now, yes, it is a musical, but it is literally amazing. There are 80s rock songs. There are cheesy acting, cheesy dance moves. It's even got Alec Baldwin with a mullet. What more could you actually want from a film? Uh, I can happily sit and watch it over and over and over again. The, The chemistry between Alec Baldwin... And Russell Brand is electric, um, even though Alec Baldwin has come out and said that it's the worst film that he has ever, ever done. And I can name a few that he probably should be ashamed of. Um, the Phantom being one. Uh, I think it's called The Phantom. Very, very old film. Um, but yeah, it's an, um, it's an amazing song. It's real kind of picks you up, especially if you're into your 80s rock and you you like those sorts of things. You know, you like White Snake, Bon Jovi that sort of stuff, then it's, it is, I know, I know Bon Jovi's not technically the 80s, but the songs sound 1980s and they fit perfectly in with the film. So yeah, I'm sticking to that. There are obviously the, the musical on Broadway as well of Rock of Ages, which is fantastic as well, uh, that I, I went to go and see with my wife and we absolutely adored it. Uh, it was some fantastic acting, some fantastic casting and brilliant singing as well. Just listening to the songs, it really kind of picks you up. So yeah, so that's my one of my very first go-to go-to films. I absolutely adore that film. Uh, I got it on Blu-ray as well, so that the picture quality is even better and the sound quality is even better. So if you do do see it and pick it up, I think you can probably pick it up in the bargain buckets now. It's quite a, it's quite a few years old, but it's definitely worth investing in if you've never seen it before. the The songs will really bring them back to you and really give you that again nostalgia. It'll really bring, especially if you're into that sort of music. If you're not, you probably won't like it. You'll probably be, you know, more along the lines of your high school musicals or, or whatever. But it definitely is one of those films that I would definitely recommend, and it definitely gets me in the. In, if not, if I'm feeling down, but if I'm if I am kind of at a loss for something to watch, I will just put it on, and it will instantly get me hooked. Next film is probably one of my all-time favourite films ever. Beverly Hills Cop. It is an absolutely amazing film. Nearly everybody has seen Beverly Hills Cop. Or I think I think everyone's seen Beverly Hills Cop. They probably haven't. But it is an amazing film. Uh, Eddie Murphy is phenomenal. And just the laugh, the, the action, the comedy. It's very, very light relief. It's one of those films that you can literally wet your pants laughing at one minute. And in the second minute, you're literally trying to shoot the bad guys as well which is, it's a very clever film to get you to do that. I was actually uh, lucky enough to meet the the guys that play um, Billy and Taggart at London Comic Con last year. Uh, and I was very, very blessed to have been able to meet them. And they were so down to earth. It was unreal. And it was, I was kind of like, oh my God, you know, it, it, it's Taggart and Rosewood. 
So it was, yeah, it was uh, fantastic. John Ashton and uh, Judge Reinhold were absolute gentlemen. Um, so, so yeah, it, it is a great film. The soundtrack is amazing. It's your very, very, you know, American 80s long hair sort of soundtrack. Very, very brilliant. Um, if you haven't seen it, where have you been for the last 30 odd years? Uh, go and watch it. Find it. Watch it. Get it on DVD. Amazon will do it. Probably four ninety nine or something. Most of them are. Get it down. Get it. Watch it. It's amazing. Honestly, I promise you, you won't regret it. My next film is The Fifth Element. Not everybody's cup of tea. Uh, I don't know why. I think it's an amazing film. It is a little bit long. I do. I, I do understand it is a bit long. It's two and a half hours. It was one of the very first films that was that long. But Luke Besson is just a genius director. Absolutely amazing director, and it is brilliant. You know, Mila Jovovich is fantastic. You've got Bruce Willis in there. You've even got Gary Oldman, and Gary Oldman is one of my favourite actors ever. He is amazing uh, in the in, in the Fifth Element. He's absolutely amazing. The CGI is brilliant. The soundtrack as well. It's not singing words. It's all music. And the Plava Laguna, uh, the Blue Lady, the Blue Alien, when she's singing on stage, the that music is haunting when it's not watched with the film. Absolutely haunting. It is amazing. It really kind of gives you goosebumps. Again, it's one of those films that I've got it on DVD and I will just take it out, put it in and watch it just for the sake of watching it. Uh, it it really, it's very rare that it's on TV now. It used to be on all the time and it would get played all the time. But it doesn't seem to be on that much anymore, which is, is a shame. The... Uh, just the overall script is amazing. Uh, Chris Tucker as Ruby Rod is absolutely immense. He really makes me me laugh. That bloke is so, so funny. It's just his voice. It's just unbelievable. It really kind of just hits your funny bone. It does for me anyway. I mean, in, in Rush Hour, he was amazing. But in, in The Fifth Element, he's he's turned the camp up to like 50. He's absolutely amazing with the funny hair and the screeching and the... Ironically, the radio show that he does from five to seven, and he's he's all about his radio show, which is it, it's just it, it, to me, it's a full package film. It is a full package film. Yes, it's a bit long. Some people don't like it. It's, some of the acting can be a little bit wooden. Um, the guy who plays Debo, uh, Tiny, I think his name is Tiny. Um, I can't remember his last name. He's from Friday, the film Friday. Big big guy. He plays the president. He's actually. Pretty cool, and I, I think he's actually pretty decent. But yeah, it, it, it's a great film. If you haven't seen The Fifth Element, definitely go and watch it, and go in it with an open mind as well, because it is a little bit slow, is a bit sluggish in the middle, but when the action kicks in and it starts to go, it is really, really, really good. Uh, my last film is probably going to be divisive. It's the the remake of Star Trek. Uh, the originals were great. Love William Shatner. Love, love, love Sir Patrick Stewart. But the remake with Chris Pine was, it's just one of those films I think, do you know what, that's actually really good. I don't know what it is about the film because it, it's got it's got the great Leonard Nimoy in it and any film with him in it is great. And same with any TV show. But the, the plot is great because it changes the entire universe and the entire dynamic. And with everything that's coming up with Star Trek Discovery, the new TV program coming out on Netflix, it, it, it's a great way to kind of bring those generations of, of Trekkies 
to to now to nowadays. It, it's great, you know. And, and again, I can sit and watch it. And Zachary Quinto is brilliant. Zoe Saldana, she's also amazing in it as well. Um, Anton Yelchin is amazing. Unfortunately, again, he passed away. But John Cho as well. That it, it's a solid, solid cast. It really, really is. It's one of those that if you are a diehard Trekkie, you are going to hate. Absolutely hate it. And I don't know why. It might be that you're stuck in the old days and you love the the old films with Shatner and with, um, with Stuart. But these ones are brilliant just because they are more up to date, you know. But they've still kept that... They've still got that old-style feel for, for Star Trek. They've still got everything in there that you need to have. It's got the plausibility. It's got everything that you need and it's just updated it looks a lot cleaner a lot fresher it makes it just look a lot better um i was pleasantly surprised when i first saw it actually to be honest i was really really pleasantly surprised but it's definitely one that that i will watch time and time again uh, and i will literally take the dvd out and just put it in just for the sake of it or if it's on tv i'll watch it on tv just for the sake of it well, I do with most of my films, to be perfectly honest. I will literally just grab a film and just watch films for the sake of watching films, which is why I'm doing this show. But it is definitely something that I would I would recommend that you watch if you haven't if you haven't kind of done the the whole new Star Trek, because there's three new Star Trek films out now. Uh, the original Star Trek, Star Trek Into Darkness and Star Trek Beyond. Beyond probably the worst of the three. Into Darkness, second, uh, and the original is it's probably the better one. Uh, the fact that they changed the timeline and everything with Leonard, Leonard Nimoy meeting his younger version of Spock and changing the entire future has a nice a, a nice kind of add-on to, to the second movie as well, which is great, and how that dynamic with, with Kirk is a lot different because of the older Spock's interactions with the younger Spock. And it, it makes it for interesting reading, uh, interesting watching, especially if you have seen the older ones as well. So... So yeah, I would absolutely definitely definitely think that you should um that you should watch those. Absolutely. Uh so yeah, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a couple of songs from from Rock of Ages uh, just because these songs absolutely make me laugh so so much. Um so I hope you I really hope that you enjoy them. We built this city on rock and roll. Yeah. 
film and TV show with Richard S. Only on Heroin Community Radio. So my brother just actually texted me and said, you should have played Can't Fight This Feeling from Rock of Ages. Well, there you go, Craig. It is absolutely banging song. Absolutely love that from Russell Brown and Alec Baldwin. Um, also, shout out to Jan, who's uh, posted on Facebook. He's posted his all-time uh, films. As He's given me a list here. Castaway, A Knight's Tale, Kingdom of Heaven, Paul, any of the Indiana Jones films, Hot Fuzz and Starship Troopers. Yes to all of those, uh, except Kingdom of Heaven, which I actually haven't seen. So... So, yeah, uh, and my wife also said she's never seen Beverly Hills Cop, which has absolutely made me distraught. Um, I cannot believe that she's never actually seen that, so I should be rectifying that at some point in the near future, Kaylee. So, yeah, be prepared for that. Uh, also, shout out to my mum and dad, who are also listening, Jan and Gary, they're listening as well, which is great. 
Um, yeah, so now we're going to be moving on to TV shows that I think that you should get hooked on. One of these was actually, um, well, my mum made me see it. She didn't make me see it, watch it. She put it on one night when I was over there over Easter. And it absolutely is amazing. It stars Michael Weverly. Uh, you may know him better as Anthony Donozo from NCIS. But he's got his own TV show called Bull, which is basically... Uh, He's he's a trial science analyst specialist person. He basically manipulates trials, uh, the juries in trials more specifically, based on their likes, their dislikes, so that his clients ultimately win. Um, they're always good guys. They're always the innocent guys. He doesn't always win, but it is one of those films that when uh, one of those programs that you watch and the science behind it is amazing. It's actually about the uh, the early life of Dr. Phil from the Oprah Winfrey show, uh, Philip McGraw, which is absolutely astounding because I just thought he was a guy on the Oprah show, but it turns out he was actually a trial, science, a trial specialist, scientist person back in the day when he first started out, which was absolutely amazing. So it's definitely a program you should watch if you're into all the science stuff and you like all the, the psychology and, and whatnot. It's, it, it is brilliant. It's currently on episode 15 in the UK. Uh, you can find it on Watch, I believe. So uh, definitely keep a lookout for that because it's a fantastic film, uh, fantastic TV show. The next one is um, Magicians or The Magicians. I stumbled upon this one day in my boredom when my wife was watching her, her soaps one day and it absolutely got me hooked. It was it, It's amazing. It's based about a book called The Magicians. Or it's a trilogy of books called The Magicians by Lev Grossman. And it's about a fictional world called Fillory, which was created by two uh, god of rams, Umber and Ember, they are actually rams as well, and they created magic, etc., etc., and then there are magicians in the real world, and he goes to the magical school, break bills, and meets other people, but he always wants to go to Fillory, and he's, he's obsessed that it's, a, that it's a real place, and it actually is, uh, and he finally gets to go there, and all hell breaks loose. It's very, very dark. I haven't read the books, so I can't comment on the books, but it, they're on my, my list to watch, actually, so I will be trying to watch those at some point, in the uh, read those in the near future, but the the TV program it, it's very very dark. There is a lot of a lot of swearing. There is a lot of um, violence as well. It's very it's it's a great TV program to watch, especially if you like all things uh, mystical or magical. It's definitely something you should watch if you can find it. It's actually on a hiatus now. It's just finished its second season, so the third season isn't due out until the end of this year, Christmas time, beginning of next year. So if you can. Get back on seasons one and seasons two as well because they are um, they are absolutely amazing. And when you when you when you kind of watch the first couple, it takes a while to get into it. I was almost at the point of not bothering to watch anymore, but it kind of dragged me back. It's a bit like Marvel's Iron Fist. It kind of drags you in a couple of episodes into the season. You kind of think, wow, this is actually really good. Uh, so definitely definitely watch that. The last one is a bit of a contentious one, but for me. I absolutely love it. And it's the TV series based on the film's Lethal Weapon. Some people will be like screaming, blasphemy. But honestly, they are amazing. You've got Damon Wayans who plays Murtaugh and he is perfect for him. Now, people think of him from White Chicks and, and uh, not White Chicks, sorry, from um, My Wife and Kids from TV. And he's very kind of, he's very much one of the the clowns of, of, of the family. Well, they're all a bunch of, clowns really they're all funny and they all do do their bits and pieces but he's perfect as um as Murtaugh and then you've got Clayne Crawford who plays the Mel Gibson role of uh, Riggs 
absolutely spot on. I think he is, he literally is Mel Gibson incarnate in, in that TV programme. He is brilliant. He's very dark, very, not so much mysterious, but he keeps himself to himself. He's an absolute alcoholic because of uh, the wife, the death of his wife and, and, and child, which is obviously no secret because it's in the film as well, which is why he ends up at LAPD. But it is really, really good. It's really something to get stuck into, really something that you can that you can really kind of... It's just finished its first season and it starts off literally like a, a kick to the guts. It, there's no messing around. Literally, first episode in, bang, there you go, job done. It's literally right there. So if you can, it was on ITV at 9 o'clock on a Friday, but uh, whether it's still on, I'm not sure. I don't know whether it's actually now finished its run for the first season. It's just been renewed for a second season, so they have actually just said it's gonna it's gonna go for a second season. So it's definitely definitely worth you having a having a watch for that. So so those are my 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 TV shows that, that I really think that you should that you should get in on. It's definitely something that they're, they're all three of them are definitely ones that you should you should watch if you get the time or if it's something that interests you. Uh, so yeah so now I'm going to play you uh, one of my favourite songs from uh, a film that I did mention a little bit earlier on Beverly Hills Cop so I do hope that you enjoy this Make a break. 
Now, if you've watched Beverly Hills Cop, you'll absolutely love that, as I do. Um, so what we're going to do now is I'm going to play you a very, very quick clip, like I said at the beginning of the show, of my son uh, reading out three words from a film. And then I'm going to carry on into my next bit. And I'm going to give you that little bit of time to tell me where the film has come from. Uh, well, where the quotes come from and what film. So here it is. Death by Stereo. So I'm going to play that again just in case you didn't catch it. Death by Stereo. And one more time. So there you go. Not going to get it anymore. I'll play the original recording of it once we're done. So moving on to the last segment of our um, of our show today is a hidden gem of a film. Uh, this film I just happened to come across after I saw a billboard of it um, when I was doing doing the rounds for my work. Uh, it's called Chef. Okay, just Chef. It's a film by and starring John Favreau who. But all of you out there will remember him as Monica's billionaire boyfriend from Friends, but also the uh, the guy who originally directed Iron Man, the very, very first Iron Man, and brought the, the one that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe into our lives. Uh, so God bless him for that. It's uh, Basically, it's a film about uh, a chef called Carl, who was once dubbed the best up-and-coming talent in, uh, in California for, for being a chef. So it goes a little bit awry. He gets told that he needs to do different things compared to what he wants to do. He's a little bit annoyed about it. And he gets into a little bit of a hoo-ha with a food blogger. As you do, people video record it. It goes viral. And anyway, he has to go on a kind of a soul-searching mission. So one of his friends says, well, look, why don't you come down to Miami? Because obviously going from California to Miami is that easy in America and in the films. Obviously, it's thousands of thousands of miles and it's about... 20 hours probably in flights I don't know I'm just picking a number out of air there but he goes to Miami and he picks up a food truck uh, which we don't really get around here Um, but he basically picks up the food truck takes his daughter with him and she basically uses the internet Twitter Facebook to log their journey and to get people to come to the truck when they're at certain places and they cook fresh food and it's kind of a soul-searching thing. It's a real, real feel-good film. I, I absolutely love it. I think it's a really, really feel-good film. Um, the, the soundtrack is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. But it, but as you're watching it, you can kind of, you kind of feel for him, and you kind of see your, you can see yourself in him. You know, he's been told to do something. He wants to do things his own way. He wants to cook his own food his own way. I mean, it is about food, so obviously, as, as people who know me will know, I absolutely love my food, uh, and it, it kind of resonates with me, not just on the food front. I mean, the food he cooks looks absolutely amazing, by the way, but it kind of, the journey itself, it's a real hidden gem. Not many people actually went to go and see it. It didn't gross that much in the box office, uh, just about $40 million total, and that includes DVD um, money as well, which isn't great, considering it had a budget of $11 million. Uh, it does have an all-star cast, though. It's got John Leguizamo, who is absolutely brilliant. I love him. Um, Scarlett Johansson, Dustin Hoffman, Sofia Vergara, and Robert Downey Jr. as well. So he's kind of roped in a couple of his Avenger friends in there as well. It is a real feel-good film. Uh, I would really recommend that you uh, that you actually go and that you go and watch it, uh, or you buy the DVD. You can think you can buy the DVD in Poundland now for a pound. So. Go into your local Poundland, have a look, see if you can find it. It's definitely, definitely worth a watch. So, going back to the sound clip that I played before. Death by Stereo. 
one person has sent me um, for what what the actual answer is. So, Jan, you are correct. It is actually from The Lost Boys. Uh, it is one of the Frog Brothers. Here is the original version of it. Death by Stereo. Absolutely brilliant film, which we will go into more detail at some point in the near future. So that's it from me. Thank you very, very much for joining me this evening. I really appreciate it. Um, if you haven't already, please like our Facebook page. Uh, please share it. Get your friends involved. Every Monday, 8.15 till 9.15. Is, I know it's a little bit late today, but it, the previous show overrun as well. So we have kind of played a little bit of catch up. Hopefully we'll get that on point at some point in the future. I am going to leave you with uh, one of my all-time favourite songs from the uh, Chef soundtrack. You will recognise it as well, which is brilliant. It's got another little twist on it. So I do hope you enjoy it. Um, and thank you very, very much for joining me this evening. I've been Richard S. Good night. There is one more thing. It's been emotional.